Peace, this is your host Krill of Out The Box. The following interview is part of our throwback series of Out The Box Talks. These are interviews that were done prior to the official season one and two of Out The Box Talks. Enjoy. Welcome to another edition of Out The Box Radio. I'm your host Krill. I want to welcome this week's special guest on the line with us today, a very respected and talented MC who's been grinding and spitting that raw for mad years now. He's worked with the likes of the Notorious B.I.G., Chuck D. of Public Enemy, Rakim, Alchemist, the Trackmasters, the list goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from Suffolk County, Long Island, I bring to you the lyricist, the vet, the raw MC, my fam, R.A. the Rugged Man. What's good, hey, what's R.A.? Up? Welcome to Out hey, the Box. Everything's beautiful, man. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Everything's great, you know? No doubt, man. It's a pleasure to finally, you know, be able to have a convo with you, man. I've been following, you know, your music for some years now, and uh, it's definitely, you know, a, a good thing to finally have you here, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. I've been uh, putting out records for a lot of years, man, so uh, I'm going to keep doing it forever, man. Until I'm dead, I'll be putting these records out, so you'll be, you know, Getting new joints from me in 10, 15, 20 years, 25 It's not stopping, you know? So. No doubt. Now, um, we got a lot of things I want to talk to you about. Of course, you got a new album dropping. But uh, before we get into that, just give the people a briefing on how you first got started with music. What originally made you want to get into hip-hop? Well, when I was about 11 or 12, I think 11, uh, my boy, Human Beatbox Bob, I, I, I didn't know him at the time, but he was at a shopping center. And I was driving my bike, and he said, yo, kid, check this out. He was older than me. He was like 15 or 16. And he blew up a shopping center window with a with an M80. Yeah. Uh, blew the whole shopping center window up. With people people in the shopping center and everything. I was like, oh, this guy's crazy. So we took <laughs> off on our bikes. And I'm like, what's your name? He's like, Human Beatbox Bob. So he had all the rap tapes, and he rhymed and beatboxed. So we just started kind of rhyming together. And that was my introduction to, to performing, you know? Uh, the first the first rap tape I ever got was my father had a, a, a you know those tape clubs where you buy eight tapes for a penny or something and as a joke he got me a fat boy tape because I was big and fat so he thought he was funny so hey hey kid I got your tape and it was like fat boys I'm like oh thanks for making fun of me dad thanks so, <laughs> so that was my first rap tape you know and then you know I went on I loved Houdini Escape album and then you know later on in the year you'd start taping the radio and and, and you know the rap attack and DLS and Kiss and and, and uh, you know I, I've been obsessed with it uh, ever since. No doubt. So it's been over eight years since you released your your last official solo album, and um, you're about to release your new album called Legends Never Die next month. First of all, what took you so long, and 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 what's the meaning and significance of this project? that, you know, oh. helps it set, set itself apart from the last one? Yeah, Legends Never Die, this is my best work so far, I think. You know, I, I try to get better every year. So, um, the thing that took me so long, I also put out an album in 09 called Legendary Classics Volume 1, which was, it had like eight or nine or ten new songs on it, and mm. songs that we never heard, and I added some of the old classics on it, too, so they considered a compilation. But if I wanted to just add two or three songs on it, I could have made it an official album, too. Right. But, uh... I was trying to do something different, and it kind of backfired on me. So everyone goes, "You haven't put out an album since I Rugged Man Die." I said, "Yeah, I kind of did, but you guys, you know, held, you know, it didn't get, you know." But the thing is, you know, I, I, uh, 
putting out records, I'm an MC. My, my thing is to entertain. I go, I, I rhyme on the streets. I, I rhyme in the, in, in, in the, the, you know, I tour the world. I do 150, 200 shows a year sometimes. I'm traveling and I'm doing shows and I'm an MC. My main goal is to entertain, is to entertain. And, and at the same time, I was, you know, rapping on, you know, 10 people's albums a year and putting out songs with other projects. And, you know, within those years, I still probably put out 50, 60 records. You know what I mean? So, so it's not like I, I didn't do anything in that time, but uh, uh, you know, I decided that you know, Nature Sounds was the right situation again. I was looking for the right situation to put out another record on, and and they persuaded me to do another record with Nature Sounds. So I went to work and and, and I did it. You know, no doubt. And you know, speak to the the effect of Nature Sounds, the the the, the I guess the the chemistry that you have with that label because. You know, like I, you know, I said, you know, you. It's been eight years since since the first joint. Of course, you had the other one in between, um, but everything has kind of been with Nature Sound. So, I mean, um, what, 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 what's the chemistry with you and that label? Like, how do you guys hit it off so well? Well, what happens is all the other record labels are controlling and 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 want to take everything from you and want to take all your money and 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 give you whack percentages and and think like it's like a big. Uh, you know, like like when I was on Jive Records, you know, I think I, I was signed for like twelve and a half percent, and you know, I'd have to recoup their whole budget out of my 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 nine percent actually because the production credits went three and a half percent, and and you know, you don't make much money on that kind of stuff. And I did the same deal again. I tried okay, a few years later, I did the Priority Records and the Capital Records, and what happens is the artists don't make the proper money; they just get a lot of uh, uh, publicity from doing major label deals. Right. So in, in the new millennium in the 2000s, it was a, a, a way for me to actually, you know, Nature Sounds let me make whatever music. They don't even, you know, oversee it. I could do whatever I want, make whatever record I want, 100%. And then we split the, you know, we split up the license. It's a license deal and we split it up for 50-50. And you make a lot more money and, and um, you have all the control and you don't have anybody telling you what to do at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know... I'm an artist, and, and and all artists are anal and controlling and want control over their 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 work. So that's what the problem is with other situations. If you don't have control, I don't want to be a part of it. So Nature Sounds lets me have control, you know. No doubt, no doubt. Which is uh uh, uh well uh noteworthy for you to mention, you know, because you're right. There's a lot of labels out out these days that, uh, especially in this day and age, man, it's it's. It's, it's kind of difficult for, for someone to find a label that they trust and and, and, and can work with on that level. Oh, wait, I, I didn't say I trusted them. <laughs> you, you, you said that. <laughs> no doubt. And, and but, that, but if you're listening, you know, come on, man. But, but there's, a, there's a chemistry, man, Um, that that's definitely there. There's you know? a chemistry, and Dev, Dev is a good enough guy where, where I continue to work with him, but I, I don't trust any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Dev's a good guy, right. you know. No, no doubt, man. Um, so I mean, with with the new album, you know, Legends Never Die. What are some of the highlights on the album? Whether it be production, stories, or particular rhymes, uh, that people can expect to hear on this album. Well, this album, I kind of bought every uh, uh, kind of piece of hip hop that I like. It's for me, you know what I mean. So I have like uh, just straight war hip hop stuff, like that people's chant the straight spitting bars over like straight hip-hop drums with that, you know, that, that fun type of loop, that carnival type of loop. I always like to spit on that kind of stuff, and Apathy brought the beat. But then on the, the rest of the album, 
I also have like uh, I got a song called Tom Tom Thumb where the dude from uh, uh, Australia came on and this ill beatboxer and flipped all these crazy beatboxes and for boxes and then I had my homegirl come and play sick violins on top of it and orchestrated it and you know and, and I'm just spitting venomous bars on that and then like uh, you know I just put a lot of work into each record and, and to make it sound like as colorful and different as possible but then I did throwback joints like I have a song with the kid Eamon, uh and that's like a total like the way you know Biggie and Akinelli and, and right. myself used to do those kind of like you know uh, sex records you know like like right. the F you for free and, and put it in your mouth and uh-huh. And you know, and 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 Akinelli break a, its neck. I don't know if I could curse on the show, but like you know, those kind of records. I got a joint like that that's real ill, like a sex joint. And then I got a real personal joint that I wrote to a Mr. Green uh, song, which is which which is another song about my father. Uh-huh. And I got a couple personal joints on there. I got one from Ayatollah that was very very personal on that one. Right. And then I got the whole like you know that double time flow shit. I did a joint with Tech Nine. And, and and I saw Buster, I saw Tech, I saw all of these guys doing that 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 you know chopping shit. Right. And and I'm I'm competitive. I wanted to be like you know what, man. I could do slow flow. I could do machine gun boom bit flow, boom bap flow, and I could do double time and, and flip it twice as fast as, as I do on the regular ones. Right. So I did a couple joints where I'm like probably the fastest I ever rapped in my entire career. So yeah. like there's so many different joints that I'm just doing all different kind of styles and and you know a couple joints i slow it down get a little political i did a buck wild song where you know it's a called media midgets and it's attack on media and and it's kind of like almost like a sequel to every record label sucks you know i don't know if i could curse but you know the man you good you good oh we could curse yeah you can do it i'm like trying to hold my my yeah go ahead man feel free sorry i didn't let uh, you know before you know i made the classic in 93 or 94 with buck wow every record label sucks dick and this was uh the first solo joint i I had did with him since that record Mm -hmm. so i came really uh you know did some politic uh media midgets destroying the media on that record and i really had a good time with that record and it's it's a lot of different records you know and it's the gross out records you know, like the like where I say real foul, obnoxious things. I, I right. did one of those with with, uh, with my, over the Marco Polo beat, and I did another one uh, with with that dude Hobson. Uh, we really, you know, I, I really put my degenerate goggles on for that one and went crazy. Right. You know, so it's a lot of it's a lot of lyrical flexing on there. There's a lot of flexing. So yeah. I, honestly, <laughs> you know, the first you know four or five joints, I'm I'm going, uh, you know murderous bars fast flows and oh yeah the song with Talib Kweli is very uh, mm, very uh, John, okay. uh, oh it's historical like we're talking history like the, the lyrics are all not not the record I'm saying like the content is all about the violence and the history of the world and it's very very lyrical it's probably the, wow. the one of the mo- mo- most lyrical ones and, and what happened was with that joint I sent Kweli like a fucking like a 30 two bar thing like I just spit like a, the, the subject matter I said hey this is what the song is about if you want to start writing to it but I'm gonna you know cut it down and put a shorter verse on it obviously right. he probably didn't read my email or whatever so this fucker went and and, <laughs> and, 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 and and counts the amount of bars I did on it and he spits like a 32 bar verse or 36 bar verse so he sent me the verse back and it was like all 
fucking crazy bars of knowledge and history. And I was like, yo, man, you just made my job hard because (laughs) I was going to cut this verse down. But he said, no, no, your verse was was, was 36 bars. I counted it, 32 bars. So I said, all right. So I just kept mine the same length. And so it's just us really going in lyrically with, with like, just like a little tiny in between scratch in between our verses, but it's really like, it's all just bars, you know, mm-hmm. like like lyrical bars of history, you know? So it's, it's that's a real interesting record too. So, you know, the hip hop fanatics that like that kind of stuff is gonna love the first half. And then the second half of the album, I get very, uh, you know, I go back into Crustified Dead's Land where, where you know, I, I get a little disgusting and, and raunchy and crazy. So there's all mm. different flavors, you know, you know what I mean? Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm excited already, man. I have, I've only heard one joint so far, but from what you're telling me, this shit this shit sounds pretty major right here man and my thing my question for you um about Kwali too is like um he um I, i'm sure he i'm of course he knows that you're 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 ill with it you know as far as the rhymes and stuff so i'm thinking that you know he when when he heard that you know he was going to be on a track he, he he himself had to step it up you know what i'm saying <laughs> to, to to be on a track with you you know well he did do that because I sent him my my track first, my verse first, and he went super extra lyrical, and I went super extra lyrical. So it might be a little bit too lyricism, too much lyricism for the average head. Like a 15 year old kid is gonna feel like he's in a fucking history class and be like, <laughs> "What the fuck? I'm not in school. Give me some fucking laffy taffy shit," you know? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> He's Whoa. like, wait, 15 years old, listen to Laffy Taffy already. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, it's amazing how long that was too, right? It's crazy. But um, um, so I, I guess, you know, for my next question, man, I, I, I want to, what I want to do is go into a song, rather a verse of yours, that's much talked about and, and, and pretty thought-provoking in itself, you know? Um, so um, I want to go into this song and I, I want to come back and, and, and talk to you about this song. Um, I'm talking about the Jedi Mind Tricks track you you featured on called Uncommon Valor. Um, so I want to play the verse, and when we come back, I want to talk about the subject. So let's do that. Okay. This is um, Uncommon Valor from the Jedi Mind Tricks featuring your homie, the brother on the line right now, already rugged man. Vietnam sto- a Vietnam story, and it's a true story based on my father's staff sergeant, John H. Dorburn. Rest in peace. There it is. Call me Thorburn, John A. Staff Sergeant, Marksman, skilling, killing, illing, I'm able and willing, kill a village, elephant, raping and pillage, a village, illegitimate killers, U.S. military, guerrillas, this ain't no real war, Vietnam shit, World War II, that's a war, this is just a military conflict, soothing, drug abusing, Vietnamese women, screwing sex, gambling and booze and all this shit is amusing, bitches and guns, this is every man's dream, I don't want to go home, where I'm just an ordinary human being, special op, Huey Chopper, gun shit, run shit, gook run when the minigun spit, won't miss, kill shit, spit 4,000 bullets a minute, Victor Charlie hit trigger, hit it, I'm in it to win it, get it, the lieutenant hit it, the villain, I've been it, the killing, I did it, crippled, did it, pictures, I painted, it's vivid, living the wizard with weapons, a secret mission, we got to begin it, government funded, behind enemy lines, bullets is spraying, it's heating up 100 degrees, the enemies, the North Vietnamese, bitch please, ain't no sweat, I'm totally at ease, until I see the pilot got hit, and we bout to 
hit some trees, Taylor Road to Pro Crash Land. American man, Cambodia, right in the enemy hand. Take a swig of the whiskey, the commas. Them yellow men wearing black pajamas, they wanna harm us. They all upon us, bang, bang. Bullet hit my chest, feel no pain. To my left, the captain caught a bullet right in his brain. Body parts flying, loss of limbs, explosions, bad intentions. I see my best friend's intestines. Greater than one above, it's raining, I'm covered in mud. I think I'm dying, I feel dizzy, I'm losing blood. I see my childhood, I'm back in the arms of my mother. I see my whole life, I see Christ, I see bright lights, I see Israelites, Muslims and Christians in peace, no fights, black, white, Asians, people of all types, I must have died, then I woke up surprised I'm alive, I'm in the hospital bed, they rescued me, I survived, I escaped, the war came back, but ain't escape Agent Orange, two of my kids born handicapped, spastic, quadriplegia, microcephalic, cerebral palsy, cortical blindness, name it, they had it, my son died, he ain't live, but I still try to think positive, cause in life, God take, God give. You're now in tune to Out the Box Radio. I got my brother, R.A. the Rugged Man, on the line with us. Thank you for being here. You just heard Uncommon Valor. I mean, R.A., you just mentioned what the song was about, man. But uh, just, just, just go a little bit into detail to express to people that might have, might have, might have been hearing the song for the first time. What, what the song exactly is about, and, and what well, your well, verse in particular is about. Basically, my father was was a, was a, a war hero and a veteran, and he uh, saved a lot of lives over there. He took a lot of troops out that was in enemy territory and brought them to safety, and, and he saved a lot of people. And uh, he was highly, highly decorated. But what they would do is they sent him over uh, enemy territory for many secret missions. And and the thing is, the government was spraying a chemical called Agent Orange on uh, uh, many areas in Vietnam, so it would kill the foliage and kill the crops and kill the trees, and and, and you know, uh, so they could see the piece, so, so so the enemy would have no jungle. That is what the government mm-hmm. figured. Like, okay, we'll take out their jungle, and and also it would poison their waters, and you know, we have easier way to get in there. So they would send their own soldiers over there in the same place they sprayed this stuff. So my father was doing secret missions, and you know the, the soldiers knew nothing about this chemical. So then what happened is my father got shot down and injured, like I said in the song, and, and he, he lost six pints of blood and ended up unconscious for six days, and then he woke up in the hospital and he yeah. survived the, the crash, you know, right. and uh, the helicopter crash. Came out the war, you know, he, he, he injured his leg, but they thought he, you know, thought everything was fine, except one leg was shorter than the other, and he had a limp for the rest of his life. So they figured, okay, everything's cool, though. He survived. You know, he comes home, starts having kids. He has my older sister healthy. He has me healthy. Then, you know, 10 years later, gives birth to Deanne Marie, who couldn't walk or talk. And that came out of nowhere. So you go, oh, my God. And it's, oh, one out of two million. This can't happen. You know, this is, this is, this is you know, very bad chances of this happening. Okay, cool. So, you know, my dad loved the child, and they said she'd live eight days, but she ended up living 26 years. The hospital wanted them to keep the baby there, and, and, and they like, oh, just keep it here. It's going to die. We won't feed it. <laughs> and and my, my stepmother's like, no, well, you feed my kid, and I'm taking it home. You know, and she ended up living 26 years. So, but then the thing is, then my, my other sister 
ended up having my healthy sister. My oldest sister ended up having a child named Vincent. Right. He passed away at six months old. And they say, you know what, you know what's going on? You know, not now you got the one kid who can't walk or talk, wow. and you got the other kid who, who whose body just, you know, you know, you know, died. You know, it just slowly died, and then you know he passed away. Right. And then what happened a year after that? Max was born, my other brother, mm-hmm. and he, they said, you know, there's a one 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 time thing with Dee Dee. All of a sudden, this kid can't walk or talk, and he's blind. He spent his entire life in a bed, not be able to see, not be able to walk, and not be able to talk. And then they found out that my father was in six different, you know, areas where Agent Orange was sprayed on the, the, the um, Vietnamese and its own troops. Right. So you know, he, you know, so you know, uh, the government said, okay, this the affected children. And, and my father died from cancer recently. They said, and the cancerous tumors and this and that came from Agent Orange, wow. which uh, uh, you know, I'm not so sure about the smoking because my, uh, about the cancer because my dad was a smoker. But um, I'm pretty confident that the children, you know, you don't have uh, that many sick kids in one right. family that, that all die. Three dead kids, from, you know, right. I don't think that really really happens that often, you know. <laughs> so, so you're saying that basically the, this Agent Orange had a a, a, a a domino effect on on a family like um where, well, yeah, where it, it affected it, it, the the kids you know of your sister and and other other you know other parts of the family yeah well that's what i believe my father believed that it was god he said you know i don't think it was agent orange god brought me the kids like that like that because they were more loved here than they were in other fan you know like they got love non-stop and, and they got attention non-stop and mm-hmm. surrounded by love and that was my dad's whole philosophy that he always said he said it mm-hmm. a million times he said you know it wasn't wasn't the agent orange it was god you know so uh but i think it was agent orange mm-hmm. <laughs> with the help of god you know god right god you know does things for you know reasons you know so now yeah. now Ari, um on a song that you had put out called lessons from from that from the die rugged man die album you um you said that you you was mentally ill and at at one point and and you got your sanity back. I remember the line Claire's day. Um, was your mental disability tied in any way to the effects of your father's death? No, 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 no. They, they say mental illness, you know, always mentally ill because of Agent Orange. That's ridiculous. No, no, no. That, you know, I, I, my family has a you know history of uh, you know ups and downs mm-hmm. mentally. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I was overwhelmed by things. I was a young kid. They threw a lot of money and record deals and fame in my face. And then, okay. and then when everybody turned on me, you know, I went into a tough place. And, and uh, you know, people were scared of me. They, they, they didn't want to be around me. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, the world was over, all of that weird shit. And, right. and, and I snapped out of it over a decade ago, probably over 15 years ago. And I never went back there, man. I've been happy ever since, man. And, and, and I understand life and I appreciate all the beautiful things I got. You know, where like when you're younger, you know, the, you know, your brain tells you, oh, you know, everything's against you and you should, you know, uh, kill somebody or do this or do that. And all the stupid shit that your brain's telling you, once you get old enough to realize, oh, your brain, you know, stupid sometimes and it's lying to you sometimes. And you just gotta learn, like every time you get in a little dark place, you say, uh, you know, shit is all right. <laughs> you know, you're, we're all living good lives here. A lot of people in America, we we complain and oh, right. everything's so tough. I mean, well, we got everything. We got every goddamn thing here. It's like, 
you know, every but all we gotta do is say how horrible we are, how everybody sucks here, and 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 life is so hard. It's like, man, we got easy, easy, yeah. easy, healthy, good lives, you know. Now, so, now you 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 say that you snapped out of it, um, but um, people don't just overcome generally don't just overcome mental illness just like that so i mean was there a process that you you went through to actually get to the point where you you know you you were sane again or you you felt well, well, like you, you know, were at peace I, I, you know what happened man i was uh uh I, you know i had the you know this temper thing where i would just do violent shit and go crazy and and, and hurt things and break things and uh uh uh, flip out in studios and break everything and, and, and not be able to control myself and all of this crazy stuff and then um, uh, you know and the doctor said oh we, we need to put you on all this medication and all this medicine and this and that and and I said I said, I, I said no I'm not doing that medication stuff and then one time the doctor gave me some like weird pill thing mm -hmm. and said you know look if you're not going to let us medicate you at least when you're in the studio and you're going crazy and breaking all the equipment take this pill to calm you down and then you'll be able to record you won't break shit and you'll be normal and everything will be nice right so i said oh cool so i kept his little pit but he said you won't be on it all the time just when if you have a panic thing or go crazy or gonna hurt something okay. take this pill so i started taking a stupid pill and i recorded like everything got easy like oh yeah yeah started <laughs> recording all my music oh yeah that sounds great it's perfect and then but what happened is I listened to them joints that that I that I made while I was on that stupid pill, like when I when when I wasn't on a pill, and I was like, "Yo, these songs fucking suck, man." So I never took a pill or nothing again. Wow. I just went to the studio and fucking you know you know went through the hard times and the the struggle and the doing that struggle and the story. I, I I learned how to be a man and get past it and just be a fucking <laughs> man and you know. Yeah. The funny thing is is Razkaz. I tell a story sometimes, but Razkaz was in the studio one time when I lost my mind. And this dude, this fucking guy, man, it was in the 90s. He was like, yo, Ari's crazy. He's like, yo, tape record this session. So they was in the studio tape recording me going crazy and punching, punching myself, punching shit, breaking things, going crazy, saying foolish nonsense, belligerent shit. And Razkaz tape recorded the shit. And, and the dude gave Razkaz a tape. <laughs> And Razkaz was playing it like, yo, look at all these crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I said, Razkaz, yo, piece of shit, man. So I brought it up recently. I said, yo, you remember that, man? <laughs> uh, you know, it's ill that you uh, that actually the the fact that you didn't want to sound whack had a part to play in healing you. <laughs> You know, when you mentioned that, you know, when you played the music over after taking the pill, that you wasn't really feeling the way you were sounding it, and that yeah, because, shit just... Because, because I accepted things, I was on a drug, so I was accepting things I wouldn't have accepted if I wasn't on a fucking drug. So I listened to some of the cadences and this and that, and I'm like, man, come on, man, that's that's <laughs> like, that shit ain't me, man. Like, I could murder that shit, like, like you know, and have the ferocious, you know, ferocious rugged, you know, so... Right. So yeah, yeah. So I, I I can't let nothing ever get in the way of my art, man. And that's the same reason why you know I barely ever drink, I barely ever do drugs. I, it's all you know. I need that stamina. You see all those multi syllables and flows that I do. So when I'm on stage, and I don't bring hype men because you know I don't I don't get you know on the regular twenty grand a show or thirty grand a show. So I can't afford to bring whole crews with me every time. If somebody's paying me three four grand for a show, I want to 
pocket most of that, you know? So yeah, I don't want right. to pay, like, yeah, it's four of my boys to come rock on the stage with me. So it's me on stage, and I need all my vocals. You know, I need all my stamina and my lung capacity. So, like, I take care of myself now, too, man. I used to didn't take care of myself, man. And, and, and you know, if I want to be on the stage still rocking in 10, 15 years with those kind of syllables, you know, you can't just, you know, uh, uh you know, put on 400 pounds, you can't do it, or, or you're not going to be able to rock. The young kids are going to eat you up on stage. So I want to always be able to eat up, up everybody I possibly could eat up without, you know, uh, you know, aging. You know, I want I want to stay young. I want to be the Bernard Hopkins of hip hop, and that's that's what I think I'm doing. You know, <laughs> that's great, man. That's great. You know, while while we on the topic of mental illness, I know I know that um you, you know you just recently said that um you know you you came from a family that that suffered with that too just you know generally, um, with so many people suffering from mental illness today, I mean it's it's, it's becoming more and more uh, of a of a, a thing that we're seeing more often now. Um, what would you say is the main thing or most important thing that needs to be addressed if someone is serious about overcoming? a mental illness disorder see i'm not a doctor and if you say the wrong thing they go well all right doesn't know what he's talking about yeah i'm just a rapper but like from my experiences i see you know you gotta just pick your goddamn self up and move mm. you know movement cures the craziness like 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 if you if you sit there and lay there and dwell in your crazy thoughts and and let your brain go deeper into the crazy crazy oh i'm crazy 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 then you get crazier and crazier and see crazier shit and the world is crazier and and it just you know dominates your thinking it's like it's like the same way how they go oh think positive and you know that sounds corny but when you think positive yeah yeah things you know start happening a little better for you you know so it's the same thing if you're thinking crazy and you and you know you're crazy and crazy 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 uh uh you know, I guess I, I, you know, I'm not a doctor, you know, so right. I mean, there's people out there that think they're Jesus Christ, there's people who think they're fucking Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, I, I, I you know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how to cure crazy, right, right. but uh, uh, for me, you know, when, when it was a depression and a, and a, and a, and a you know, uh, uh, I guess what's that called when you, uh, uh, delusional, like, mm -hmm. you know, all of that crazy shit, uh, you know, uh, uh, you just got to smack yourself in the face to get to reality and uh, put, put right. yourself in the reality be strong man I, I mean I, you know that's all I could give I don't know mm. if that's the right answer but I, mean, I, think the, I think don't dwell in your fucking don't dwell in misery don't dwell in, in, in crazy just try to move forward and, and, and try to get out of it you know it's, it's, it's also very easy for one to say um, like you know if you if you haven't experienced it per se you know it's easy for, for one to say yo you know boom Let's, you know, get up, keep it moving, you know what I'm saying? There's that side, too, where, like, you know, sometimes it's just not registering to those folks, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, um, that's, that's the thing. is, like, like, you almost get mad at the crazy person. Right. Like, can't you see all you have to do is this <laughs> and everything will be okay? Why can't you see that? And, they, they, you know, I'm, they're crazy. You can't. They, yeah, you, know, you they, can't. They, got, they, they can't. Okay, well, you're right. Let me go get a job and let me just live life and everything wonderful. You're right. You know, they can't, it's not that easy. They, yeah, it's not, not reaching them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you it's know. almost frustrating because you could see, like, it's almost watching somebody play a chess game and fuck up the whole shit and you're watching from the stand, like, yo, just move that piece there, you fucking idiot, you know? But it's not that easy, you know, because, yeah. No doubt, man, no doubt. Well, um, you know, on a lighter note, we'll, let's, let's, let's move on. Um, 
I, I also understand that you're going to be making your uh, directing debut as a filmmaker in an upcoming film about your family entitled God Take, God Give. Um, tell us about that. What inspired you to delve into filmmaking and, and ex, you know, just explain a little bit more. Oh, yo, you, you know what? I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're reading off the Wikipedia page. And Wikipedia, I'm at war with them right now because... Okay. <laughs> fucking, no, 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 it's all good. That's true, though. I'm right. working on that documentary. But the problem with Wikipedia, man, is every jerk or fucking writes for them. So... Like, they got new information about me, and then they, they, they deleted all, like, if you look, it's bare minimum now. Before, it had, like, all this uh, well-documented information, and it was, like, you know, my whole history, producers I work with, people I'm associated with, and then they had all this fake information, and they have data births that fucking, you know, that they put from the XXL article, and, and, and then they take off all the factual stuff. It's crazy. So I hate Wikipedia. I'm at war with them right now. Okay. <laughs> well, so, yeah, so much for Wikipedia. That's going to get made. But uh, right now I'm working on, on uh, this whole year, I'm working on touring. You know, I'm going to be touring and, and uh, promoting the Legends Never Die album because Legends Never Die is the most important to me right now. That's what's up, man. And, and, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I, You know... You know, speaking of Wikipedia, but I mean, I, it goes a little further back than Wikipedia because I always knew about this. Um, I, I've, you know, it, it's been said that you've worked with the late great notorious B.I.G., but I've always wondered to what extent, you know, the relationship you had with him. Like, what, what was the details behind, you know, the the level of, you know, uh, connection that you had with Big? Big was my boy. We were close. We were cool. Uh, it wasn't like a, a you know. Uh, it wasn't like my, my, my best friend, brother of all time, you know, but we were close. We were cool. We'd call each other two, three in the morning and uh, talk about music, talk about the business, talk about things. We, we'd, you know, drive around in, in my car and, and play tapes like, yo, check, compare songs to each other. Yo, what do you think about that? Yo, that's a dope concept. Yo, check out this verse, you know, like, we, we, we you know, it was my man. We were cool, you know, like, 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 same way I'm cool with, you know, like, say, say, you know, uh, a killer priest or a hellraiser or you know it's like my man you know like we were cool so how did but, uh, the relationship uh, begin like how did y'all come together to, to begin with well well when i was i used to carry this big ass boom box around with me and i had my cassette tape in it i used to tell everyone I, i'm better than every rapper check out check, check me out and, and i was like little you know barely had facial hair and i had a high pitch but not high pitch but it was hot more high pitch than it is now but it was hot pitch when i was a teenager but you know, but like when I was 12, 13, but then by 18, it was still kind of high pitch, but, you know, had the bass in it already. And I used to carry, play my tape for everyone. Everyone, yo, that dude is incredible. That dude is incredible. And I was a little white kid. They go, who is that? I'm like, that's me. And everyone get, nah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, who is that? I'm like, no, it's just me. So everyone would fucking lose their mind. So one time I was in Chung King, and uh, I, I'm playing my joint, and this, this kid sitting next to me, he's like, yeah, I'm Tone. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. And we're playing my shit. He's like, yo, that dude is incredible. So yeah, that's me. Get the fuck out of here. So, so he's like, hey, I'm Red Hot Lover Tone. I said, oh, I know who you are. You're the Trackmasters. At the time, they had produced just the Chub Rock album. Right. And maybe, maybe, maybe Hill Street Blues and somebody came, how'd you get a record deal? Maybe they did that stuff already, or maybe they didn't. I know they already had the Chub Rock album under their belt. So we became friends, and then, you know, Tone and Polk from the Trackmasters, before they blew up, they had a relationship with Biggie, and they invited Big to the studio once when I was there. 
and that's how me and Big met. We, we, uh, you know, because back in the in the ni- early '90s in New York, not everyone had home studios. We'd record in all the like all the rappers were in the studios in New York. Like if you went to, you know, Chungking, there'd be, you know, say Lord Finesse would be on the boards mixing some shit. Diamond D would be in the other room. Um, Redman would come in. Uh, uh, Biggie come in. Mm-hmm. Um, Know, the leaders of the new school, Charlie Brown and Buster would come in. It was like that was the scenery. You, right. All the all the rappers knew each other and they, they they played each other music and that was that was the scene in New York in the early '90s. So so I met you know Biggie in the studio session and then we exchanged contacts and we just became cool with each other. You know and and he was a fan of my shit. I was a fan of his shit and uh, you know uh, we just uh, you know I was sad to hear. You know that he had passed in '97. Uh, right, uh, some craziness. <laughs> it was oh, like, oh, that shot. That's crazy. So, <laughs> so you know, um, life is a funny, crazy thing, man. We were just kids. You know, we were just kids. They, wow. they were a year, year or two older than me. You, you forget. I think that he was what 24 when he died. Mm. So, uh, you know, he's got this iconic, you know. Uh, uh, Historical, legendary Biggie Smalls, notorious Biggie. He was a child, man. He was 24 years old, man. <laughs> what, what would you say was your greatest memory of him? Like, as far as you know, you interacting with him. Like, what what, what was the impression he left on you in terms of? Well, well, I got a lot of big stories, but the famous one that we all talk about it is, uh, uh, you know, Buck Wild told the story before too. But what it was is, uh, we were all in the studio one day, and I used to hang out with these degenerate, drunk, alcohol, crazy kids from Long Island called Chunk and Suburban Garbage. And the, the one leader of the group was Vinny Beretta. And he was he had, he had drank 440s and he was drunk out of his mind. And he went up to Baby. Now he went up to my boy Miguel, like, yo, Miguel, slap me. Slap me. I want to, I'm too drunk. I want to drink another 40 and I'm too drunk. Slap me in the face. And Miguel's like, yo, man, just chill out. So then he's like, yo, fuck that. Yo, Biggie, man, smack me. Smack me. And Biggie was like, yo, man. Biggie nicknamed him Mort because he's like, yo, all you do is drink malt liquor. So he's like, yo, Mort, chill out, man, Mort. <laughs> yo, chill, Mort, chill. So uh, dude was like, yo, fuck that. Smack me, you fat fuck, or something like that. And Big was like, what? Boom! Smacked him across his face, bloody his cheek. Wow. And, and, and then my man was like, yo. Yo, fuck that! Smack me again! And, and he's like, "All right, which hand?" And he's like, and, and Biggie lifted his arm, and he's like, "Nah, nah, nah, I'm good, I'm good." He let me smack him again. And then Biggie was like, "Cool." He, I think it was, he was with Little C's. He was like, he said, "Yo, C's, go get a uh, my man Malt another forty, so he could drink that forty now." So he sent one of the Junior Mafia. Maybe, maybe it wasn't C's. It was one of the Junior Mafia guys. Like, right. Yo, go send my man. Go, 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 go to the store. Get my man Malt another forty. <laughs> so he slapped the dude and bought him a forty. You know. That's what's up, man. Always interesting. I tell where, um, true story where Biggie called me up yelling at me. Like, he, see, Biggie was more in the industry and he was a little bit more grown in the head. I was very, very immature and crazy. Biggie was kind of like had his shit together. He was hustling in the streets. He knew business a little better than me. I was just like, I'm a rapper and I'm crazy, you know, and I'd break shit and go crazy, you know? Right. Big kind of had his shit together. Even though he was only like a year or two older than me, he was kind of right. older than me. So he called me up cursing and screaming, like, yo, you're just trying to ruin your career. What the fuck are you doing already? You could be a star and you're just fucking everything up. So what do you mean? He said, yo, my man went to your fucking show and you fucking had a dead fucking cat and was putting the blood on your dick? You put, oh no, a chicken? You had a dead chicken? 
and you lift the chicken and he was putting blood all over your dick in a rap show? I was like, yo, your man made that up. And he was like, nah, man, my man didn't make that up. You, you know you did. Yes, fuck. I was like, Biggie, I'm giving you my word that that's a lie. And he's like, yo, I know you. You crazy, son. So, so that was a funny one. I said, where do you get this shit from, Big? You're crazy. <laughs> Who the fuck told you that? But the reputation that I had, the rumors that was going around about me at that time was literally like coming from everywhere. Like, you know, that was the rumor. Lord Finesse at the time was like, yo, R.A., you know, so your brother was at a, uh, I don't know if he would remember this, but I do remember it. He said, uh, your brother was at Jive and he pulled his dick out and peed all over the secretary's, you know, desk. <laughs> he was sitting on the desk and peed all over the secretary's desk. My brother was nine years old at the time. And I said, no, my brother didn't pull his dick out of Jive and pee all over the secretary. But what happened is my brother was nine years old and he had a foul mouth. And he said, right. fuck, fuck, he cursed a lot. So the reputation of this little kid that cursed a lot turned into like him being some crazy guy that was peeing all over shit at Jive. Like, those are the kind of things that was they, they were saying about me, you know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's it's always interesting to hear, um, you know, especially stories about Big, you know, um, you know, I and, and me, like I said, I didn't I didn't know to the extent of what, you know, the relationship you had with Big. So you you you're actually a lot closer with him than I than I thought. So yeah, that's we, dope, like man. I said, we, we wasn't brothers. It wasn't like you know how people are your brother, like that's my brother. Right. But we were. We, we, I was closer with him than I was with a lot of rappers, you know. And I'm close with a lot of rappers, you know. Right. So right. like, like you know, we, we got cool. Like we had we had a legitimate relationship. I mean, I, I've read things online where people, you know, made up shit about us. Oh, oh, Biggie just did it for money, and Biggie didn't like R.A. and blah blah blah. Meanwhile, like shut the fuck up I had you know hours of conversations with him on right. many nights where he called me out of the blues just to kick it and and if you check both the album covers you know he, he shouts Rugged Man in both his albums and, and you know like like right. yeah for a guy that he doesn't like I think I, I know a little bit more than you because he uh, he, he, he was a big fan of mine and, and uh you know the people that were around at the time, like you could ask Buck Wild and them guys. They 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 know they knew. Uh, how how much that the man vouched for me. You know, so. no doubt. Well, R.A., thank you for being on the line with us. Um, we're gonna go into a quick music break and we're gonna come back and talk a little bit more. Uh, let's go into the joint. Um, off of the Die Rugged Man Die LP. It's called Lessons. Uh, from R.A. the Rugged Man, one of my favorite joints from you. Uh, you right here live with Out the Box Radio. R.A. the Rugged Man. Lessons, let's go into it. There you go. Alright. Yo, people wondering where the fuck I've been At the VIP section, they ain't letting me in They say maybe if you had Dr. Dre or Timberland They say a white boy need a black boy to win Uh, Bubba Sparks did it and sold it slim Just Blaze is hot now, why don't you get with him? I watch mad rappers bite my shit and blow up And make millions off what I created, that's tough luck I first started getting coverage Around the same time Steve Stout used to carry kid and plays luggage I seen rappers turn from sex symbols and heart 
off to being forgotten. Now they out looking for jobs. I see me PMD break up. I see my little brother Max fall asleep and he ain't never wake up. So when I rhyme, listen seriously. When I spit, I'm giving you the truth. Clearly, who I really be. It's an audio version of reality TV. I had deals from Russell Simmons to Master P. Even five year old white girls be rapping today on the playground. Like, oh, shorty, it's your birthday. Sunrays, church Sundays, made love, made war, been rich, been poor, lost friends, lost lawsuits, lost my dough, seen beef between bad boy and death row, I seen disease take the life of my sister's kid, six months on the earth, that's all he had to live, I seen Biggie, Big L, Big Pun pass away, Buffy from the fat boys, Jam Master J, a month before they blew up with Mystical and Jay-Z, the Neptunes came to see me at d and I knew this chick named Nora, a lounge singer, a year later she had six Grammy award winner, I've seen flatliners, I've seen cannabis, I've seen little zanes, yeah I've seen mad misses, you Antoinette ass bitches get 10% disses, I've seen A&Rs get fired for taking pisses, stop whining and bitching, nobody listen, who else risking their career to stick to being different, switching the tradition, sticking to the shit they really living, I don't care what's hitting, listen this my motherfucking life that I'm spitting, Now, how about that? I hated life. I wanted to die a few years back. I was mentally ill. It's hard to come back from that. But I got through it. Now I got my sanity back. Y'all are like HBO fighters. Get the money and fame. Then you get beat up like Klitschko and Sugar Shane. Or get beat like Vernon Forrest or Prince Nassim. Yeah, you all turn pussy once you get that green. I got love for havoc from off deep. When I was broke, sleeping in the street, he hooked me up with a free beat. Alchemist, you still my little buddy. Even though you stole that Royce to 5'9", the king beat from me, I ain't down to sign autographs or shake your hands, I don't want trendy ass followers for fans, I don't want to sell records, I don't want to be big, I don't want MTV running up in my crib, I don't want to be liked in the music biz, I don't want fans that don't know who G-Rap is. Back in the place to be, Out the Box Radio. I'm your host, Krill. Got my man, R.A. the Rugged Man, on the line. Man, I'm loving the convo, bro. The stories about Big, the Uncommon Valor verse. We really getting it in today, man. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about where you're from. Suffolk County, Long Island. You know, I was, I was having uh, this convo with, with the homie Rock Marciano uh, for my TV show the other day. Um, um, and... You know, we were speaking about the influence of uh, Long Island hip-hop and, you know, it, it kind of being the forgotten borough, like L.I., you know what I'm saying? Can you talk a little bit about the experience uh, of you coming from Long Island, you know, uh, what, what, what that provided, whether, you know, it, it, it be the, the disadvantages or, or the good that you gained from coming from 
a lot as as a as a as an MC. Yeah, well, the thing is, uh, uh, yeah, it's a shame that it's a forgotten borough, but uh, I got lucky because when I was coming up in Long Island, we had the greatest rappers on the planet Earth. Like we really did. Like we made the greatest impact on the planet. And and, and come '87, '88, we were like an untouchable force. We had, you know. Uh, the most influential rapper in the history of hip-hop, Rakim, uh, from Wine Dance, Long Island. Mm -hmm. And then we had the most influential hip-hop group in the history of hip-hop, Public Enemy, right. came from, from Long Island. And then also influential, you know, groups like De La Soul, who came from EPMD. Long Island. And EPMD was, was unbelievably influential, especially with the production. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, we had, you know, so many great MCs, from, you know, the Buster Rhymes to the, to, you know, we had so many. So the thing is, coming up in that era, uh, I don't know why we were able to conquer everything, but we did. We were just, we were just the, the, the game-changing force, Long Island. Mm -hmm. And in the 90s, uh, um, there wasn't too much. I mean, I don't know what happened. You know, we had, I guess, a little Keith Murray and, and a little K-Solo, but K-Solo was also 80s too. But, uh, and then Rock Marciano had some, he was in his group that was on Loud, and, and you had myself. But uh, we didn't make the noise uh, or, or, or the impact of when we were in our peak. We, we, we conquered the earth for, for a short time. Uh, but, but, I mean, it was huge, huge uh, steps, conquering steps that we took. Though I don't know if that's the right English, but, you know, it was huge, huge things that we did that changed hip-hop for the entire history. Right. And influenced everybody from all over the planet, from the West to the East. You know, like, like uh, NWA's beats, if you listen to... Uh, uh, straight out of Compton, that the production was influenced by, you know, uh, uh, by Bomb Squad and Shockley, the Public yeah. albums, and, mm -hmm. and, and like the whole West Coast, you know, uh, sampling all the all the funk loops like EPMD was doing. It was like we we just made, and, and then you know, think about the influence that the Native Tongue had, like uh, like like when De La Soul did the whole Daisy Nation thing, you know, the Daisy Age thing. Uh, uh, you know, and then Tribe and everything. It was like, you know, Tribe was from Queens, but, but you know, De La Soul was before them. Right. Prince Paul, uh, uh, we just had such, such a, we just, it was great coming up in that time. It was a great time to come up out there because there were so many greats and that's who we got to look up to and we saw that we could be great uh, worldwide, you know, so yeah. that was good, you know. Now, now Ari, you know, I, I want to talk about a topic that um I, I'm sure gets asked a lot, you know, to you. Um, the fact that you know you being a, a white MC or a Caucasian MC, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I mean, you know, anybody that listens to you knows that you know you're one of the illest lyrically out there. But you know, you you came up in an era when it wasn't common to be a skilled white MC. Like the first time I ever heard you was on a Raucous Soundbombing uh, album, and uh, I, I, I mean Eminem was on that as well, and and he he wasn't even signed to Dre, like he he was coming up as well. Um, what were some of the things you had to face, or or just be on point with, to get the respect you deserve to get back then? You know, at just being a white MC coming up at that time, like there was no Mac Millers back then, there was no. Yeah. You know, Bubba Sparks, no uh, Yellow Wolves. You know. You know. You know what's funny is you, you bring up the raucous stuff, and it, that was a late part of my career at that time. Actually, I was already the OG veteran. 
<laughs> like, I think, like, like when I went up to Raucous, you know, Mo's Def and Tali Pali and, and all the rappers up there were like, yo, R.A., you know, that's the man, R.A., he's crazy, yo, R.A., they all knew my head. Like, I was the veteran at Raucous, right. so, so I was already in the cut, you know, uh, you know, seven, eight years before that, and, and I was in the streets rhyming in 86, 87 as a white kid, so um, it was like really before anybody was really uh, uh, a super, super, super lyrical white cat right. kid. I was like, uh, I was I was definitely uh, uh, one, of, one of the first guys like that. And, and it was different, you know? But, but the thing is, the thing that I found was when I would rap in the black communities back in the 80s and, and early 90s or, or 86, 89, 88, the black community would accept you back then if you had skill. So it didn't matter because you was nasty. Like I was so nasty, I would go to any black party, any black household, any hood corner, and just they were, oh my god, this little white boy is crazy. Yo, he's incredible. So they accepted me right away because right. you know uh, it's very important uh, music in the community. You know, mm. so so they appreciated the art form. So so they was never like, yo, fuck this guy. You know, fuck it. Well, mm. you know, I guess when I do it, like I used to go to house parties. And sometimes the artists are white kid. I already had a reputation, you know. Right. But the, the place that I found as a 15-year-old white boy rapper was where the most discrimination happened was before rap got accepted with white people doing it. There was a time when I actually, there was a cornball black kid from the black neighborhood in Gordon. It was Gordon Heights in Bellport. He was from one of the other neighborhoods. And he was in the white town in Port Jefferson and where all the bars are. And he had his crew with him, his black crew, and it was me. So I was murdered this kid lyrically. And he knew it, and I, I think I had already roasted him in his neighborhood. Right. So he was he was down in Port Jefferson with all the white folks, and fucking, I was destroying him, but he had his whole black entourage, like, oh, yay, like, for all his rhymes. So all the white people that didn't know rap just took it for granted because I was a white guy that this black kid was doing better than me. <laughs> like, right. yeah, he's, he's the real rapper. He's the real rapper. I'm like, yo, I'm, the only people who discriminate me is the white folks. It was crazy, <laughs> you know? You, you know, you know, RA too. Um, you know, I've I've played you for people. You know, you know people, people, you know people that's close to me and stuff. And I was like, yo, listen to this dude. And people automatically don't think that you're white like you know what i'm saying because your voice doesn't yeah, well, well, sound well, well, typically first... like you know what a what a what i mean i don't want i want to sound cliche but you know how eminem's voice sounds and and you know you you don't yeah, sound I, I the, typically yeah, I like a, that I, I was blessed man i was blessed because i don't have the nasally type of like yeah yeah i don't have that right. <laughs> and, and you know uh, a good number of the white boy rappers have that i for some reason i don't know what god did he gave me that damn bassy, thick, uh, real rapper voice, and it was it was a blessing. And and I really uh, uh, I'm really blessed to have it. And I don't know why I have it. You know, I guess my father has a, has a man voice, like a big, thick man voice, and not a nasally one. So it was something that. Uh, and like I said, when I was 12, 13, 14, rapping, I had a little high pitched, girly voice because you know I barely had puberty. And I go to the house parties and, and be rapping, like, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I was nice with the, with the rhapsody, so they accepted me. But the bass came in my voice. I don't know where it came from, but it, but but I'm, I'm lucky and blessed to have it. And what you were, like you were saying is the first 10, 15 years of my career, 
Everyone threw it all over rugged man was a white dude. That was a black dude. They all right. thought that that dude, he's a respected rapper. He's a black kid. He's dope. He's dope. That all kid dope. That black, you know, everybody thought it was a black kid. And in fact, it's funny, when I did a live performance in front of a showcase, I remember write up happened because my hype man was Niles. So people stole my stuff at the time and he, he would hype me up on, on the mic. So this asshole wrote in the article said, oh, in white rapper Custified Dibs, Brought respected lyricists, already respected black lyricists, already the rugged man on stage with him to get so he can get uh, credibility. Because <laughs> 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 the white boy was crucified dead, and and the black guy was must have been already the rugged man because already the rugged man was respected. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and a name like funny. already the rugged man, it just sounds raw already. So you know you already like you already expecting. You know some raw hood shit, so <laughs> it's, you you lived up to it, man. You know. Now, now on a lighter note, but definitely an interesting one. I, I want to first give you props for the creative approach you have as an MC. There's few rappers who can actually be creative and clever with their rhymes, and actually be funny at the same time. You know, I, I think of people like MF Doom and Sean Price. Like those are the artists that come to mind, and and of course you that just have this ability to just be skilled lyrically but humorous and, and not be corny you know what i mean so my question is you know where did, where did you get the inspiration to approach your music in that clever but but humorous way where, where did that come from well i was always uh, uh i like fun records man you know i like fun hip-hop records like when you listen to pool boy he had like a fun you know, he got serious on certain records, you know, and dropped knowledge. But then, you know, like, step to the rear. Be like, you know, uh, running around town giving all the girls a Scooby scrap. It's a Scooby snack. Don't try to ditch the style. You might just catch a heart attack. Think of the way to get paid in to grab the mic or hers, you know? You know, like, he was he was, uh, he was, was comedic with all his stuff and had, like, right. funny... He had a fun approach to it. And, like, like, say, Chub Rock, you know, the early records he did with Howie T. He'd say, like, some left field fun shit and even, right. even uh Rakim was never real Rakim was never fun but uh, uh Kane Kane would have yes. you know song, songs like say Mr. Welfare or, or, or uh, uh he had the one when he said uh he said man you ain't got no bitches and couldn't hurt a pussy if it, you could man you ain't got no bitches and couldn't hurt a virgin if a pussy had stitches you know you say like right, retarded right. shit right. so like I liked all that fun shit you know and plus my personality I think a lot you know I'm 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 always clowning and saying stupid shit, and that, right. that's part of the personality. So, like, I think uh, when you when you rap, your personality, if you're real to your craft, should come out. To you Indeed. know, it should come out. People should be able to t learn a little something from you by listening to what you're rhyming about, how you're rhyming about it, and like when you hear shallow rapping, like you know, talking about the pop and the bottles and this nice car and this nice watch. You you learn from that people like yo you you you, you know you're kind of like a trend you like you like trends you you, you like you know uh, uh, what's going on at the time you're kind of shallow like you know you learn from that you know right right, well, right. like like you know say like an OC line back in the day you kind of you know he he had a commitment to certain parts of hip hop and you get to know who the person is if they're a legitimate rapper. Uh, by listening to their lyrics that's what you should you know as long as you're not copying other people's styles you know right right well, well said man well said I, I, I like the fact that you brought up the, 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 the personality aspect too because that, that's really important 
Uh, so this slick Rick, slick Rick, that's another that, duh, yeah. that that's the master of it. That, that's that's I forgot slick Rick's name. I don't know how the fuck I forgot that. Yeah, he's the <laughs> master of of being able to just say the most retarded, outlandish, wild, dumb but great and intelligent shit. Right, you know, like exactly. like, like he, he was the master of it. Like he would say shit like he would talk about like like uh. uh that Indian song where you talk about like the pussy started like yodeling and oh, like, he just but the way he flipped his stuff was, was just so uh, smart and witty and uh, uh, he just murdered everybody with that style you know so you had the slick red types and then you had the more you know conscious type you know uh, uh, you know uh, rock chemical type you know right so right right styles, you know it's, it's amazing like that when you go back into the vaults of the history of hip-hop you can see so many different styles and, and, but everybody had their own clever way of doing things man so that's um that's definitely something to be you know to be noted now Ray, um what i want to do to um you know before we come back i want to go to another music break I, i'm actually have you you know introduce the joint it's it's the first single off of your upcoming album legends never die um, which is actually coming out April 30th, right? Yeah, the new album's coming out April 30th. As long as the label does everything that they say they're going to do, that's right. the release date. I think they're really going to keep it this time. And I think I, I'm afraid I'm, my album's done already. Everybody's in their part. And I think April 30th, that album's going to hit the streets, yep. So, so let, let's get into it, man. Um, introduce the joint. And, you know, just give the people a briefing on, on the song and what they're about to listen to. This is just... This record was kind of more the straight hip-hop spit bars, you know, I put a chant for the chorus, I put, you know, I kept it, you know, some J JB type shit, and uh, I think this makes a good single, because because it, I think it's for everybody, it's, it's up-tempo, it's fun, and lyrically I, I kill it, and, and the beat is straight hip-hop, and, uh, I, you know, I thought that this was the first one to introduce to the people, uh, uh, the people's chant. There it is, Out the Box Radio, already the rugged man, people's chant. Check it out. Hear ye, hear ye. Yeah. In this future of hip-hop history, huh? I'm here to bring on the people's champ, already the rugged man. I'm the champ, I'm the champ, I'm the champ of the... Put your hands up, time to wow, wow, this is how we do it, we're here to turn it out. My flow reminiscent of a prime grand pool ball My tongue sharper than the sword to the Japanese Yakuza Beats always slamming like Dilla Like Ali was the man in Manila Man the gorilla, I'm a nicer striker than Anderson Silver I'm conquering like Hannibal on the back of an elephant I'm the best even if I'm pink and I'm pale and I'm lacking in melanin I've been a problem since my first birth date In the delivery room my dick hit the ground and it caused the earthquake The school hallways I was pissing in As a kid I was lacking in discipline Ignoring authorities and never listening I come from the slummiest of slum villages Killing evil, you come from a village of disco Dancing village people, you other rappers, I'm obliterating. My flow is the Michelangelo, Sistine Chapel, you ain't even finger painting. Bitch, I'm swinging nunchucks and hitting you dumb fucks and making you duck down like walking bus trucks. I'm eyeing you fat bitches and seeing which one fucks. I'm making the gun bust, I'm bringing the blood guts. Come on, I get it done for the people, people. I'm the champ, I'm the champ for the people, people. I bring home the title to the people, people. I'm the motherfucking champ for the people, people. Oh, 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 oh,
Prizes and money and a Grammy and an Academy Award. It's a brutal lyrical verbal version of Gaddy and Ward. If I bust in your eye, it might blind you. As a kid, I was too hyper. Sniffing pancake syrup from Aunt Jemima. Sip wine with Jesus till I'm in a drunken stupor. Then I slap box God and sumo wrestle with Buddha. I ain't dumbing it down. I'm murdering it and gunning it down. These other artists, I'm above them even if I'm under the ground. A rapper with a Maybach or a car that my ass can't afford. I rip out the windshield and I shit on your dashboard. Don't make me laugh, young blood newcomer. Your mother was a crackhead. You a crack baby. Fresh out of the dumpster, smacking your hurt, y'all murk your massacre, mass murder, blasting your ass, dashing the burner, the trash lurker. I'm worse than Rambo, Burma. I'm dumb in the head, I'm not a fast learner. The white boy version of Nat Turner. Come on, I get it done for the people. I'm the champ, I'm the champ for the people. Bring home the title to the people. I'm the motherfucking champ for the Bullets splattering through your kidney and flying out the back. Yeah, I'm shining like diamonds in Africa. I'm mathematical, scientific, like Benjamin Banneker. Rowdy and riots in Attica. I got identity issues. It's self-hatred, a pissed-off wigger. Acting like I just stepped off of the slave ship. I kill any beat and murder any track. Mutilate the snare, rape the kick drum, and shit on the hi-hat. Come on, I get it done for the people. I'm the champ, I'm the champ for the people. I bring home the title to the people. I'm the motherfucking champ for the You're now in tune to Out the Box Radio. I'm your host, Krill. I got the homie, R-rated rugged man. Legends never died. A new album comes out April 30th. Make sure you check out naturesounds.net. Oh man, having a wonderful conversation with the homie. Let's um we just heard the joint, the people's champ. You know, um, and of course the new album is coming out. But uh, you know, tell the people what, what, you know what exactly they can they can hear from you uh you know next in the future after this eight to nine year you know break away from the music and and and, and you know just you know you being you being away um from from releasing you know full solo project in such a long time what else can people expect from uh ra in the near future well i was gonna i i, I talked to the label about possibly doing an ep for uh, about six months after Legends Never Die drops. And in the EP also putting out Legendary Classics Volume 2, where it would be like, you know, uh, 15 or 18 duos and, and and lost songs and and a couple new joints. So like an EP and, and maybe a double project. I don't know if that's definite, but that's what I'm in talks about maybe doing. Or, you know, and then while that drops, and I can start working on the next album. And also... You know, I want to um, direct a couple movies too. Right, right. Look, looking forward to that, to that too, man. Um, so, um, I mean, with with the Legend Never Die album, um, what 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 is it? Do you want people to take away from this album? What what impression would you like, uh, you know, fans and listeners of the project to gain from it that that would make you satisfied? 
Oh, I just hope it gets the proper exposure for an indie. I hope the whole world that loves hip hop gets to listen to it. And, uh, you know, I, I've worked hard on it and I hope that it gets, you know, uh, uh, to all the ears that it needs to get to. That's really what I hope for, you know. I'm not expecting, um, you know, brain dead, um, you know, young money type fans or, you know, I'm not, not expecting that world. I'm expecting. You know, just everybody that loves lyricism and flows and beats and hip hop culture and hip hop uh, get to at least give it a listen. And I think that uh, I think the world is gonna love it. That's what I'm hoping for. You know. There you have it, man. Well, Ray, I want to thank you again for taking the time to speak with us here at Out the Box Radio. I wish you much success in the future and beyond. Definitely let the people know where they can get in touch with you just so they can keep updated, whether it's your Twitter, your Facebook, website, or whatever. Yeah, I think they, you know, we got all of that stuff. Uh, the, Ari the Rugged Man official on Facebook, um, at Ari the Rugged Man on Twitter. Um, I got a website, Ari the Rugged Man.net, even though I didn't update it in a long time, but there's a lot of content on it still. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, uh, Matt at, at Nature Channel just put together um, a song of the day on Tumblr where, like, you know, uh, Monday through Friday, I put up, like, a new record uh, okay. from an art, artist I love. Like, you know, uh, yesterday I just put up a new song from Brusty uh, uh, Chucks and Self Titled and King Magnetic. Right. They, all did, they, they all did a record together. And, then, you know, the day before that, it doesn't have to be a brand new record. It could be just a record I love. Like, I put up... Uh, a Grand Pooba song that was produced by a large professor that had not that many people heard, I didn't think. So, you know, like, I, you know, I just put a little, song, like, five songs a week that I like, you know, that I the oldest my shit is dope, check it out, you know, like a little right. song of the day on, on, that's the Rugged Man Tumblr. Uh, you know, so stuff like that. I don't have a YouTube channel, I'm supposed to have that, so, I mean, I got a little one, but I'm, I gotta start working on making it something, you know? So. Mm-hmm. That, that that's what's up man and i like i like the idea of the you know every monday or whatever putting up something new just to keep you know fans you know informed and and, and, and checking for something new from you that that's dope you know um so yeah man thanks again ra you know i want to let the people out there know um that they can check us out online at outtheboxmedia.com that's www.outdaboxmedia.com you can hit us up on twitter at outtheboxtv tv as well as on facebook at outtheboxtv tv my man ra the rugged man we're gonna go out with the last song of the day um you know this is a joint that actually um it, it, it actually features you Not off your album But uh, uh, one of my favorite joints That came out this year um, it, it features Blue The MC Tri-State And, and, and you of course already the Rugged Man The joint is called Thelonious King Let's go into it We're gonna um, You know Exit Exit out of here With that joint Thank you again R.A. For kicking it us Kicking with us At Out The Box Radio uh, Here it is Thelonious King Out The Box Radio Peace the loneliest king. Uh, the loneliest king. Uh, the loneliest king. They bring a ceremony to me. I
kill that opener with the opening speech Closing your sheets, please Hoping I slip is ridiculous, too deep Too street for you niggas, I'm concrete High priest, nigga, uh Chief rocker beat the sleep like a G With the gold teeth, gold on my neck Gold on my sleeves, on my ring I got the black spinal stone of the onyx Pulitzer Prize like a king I should change my name to Noble Peace Uh, but it's the loneliest king Uh, the loneliest king in a world of murderers and rapists and children with exposed rib cages, organ damage from famine, flies on their faces, bloodthirsty baby killers and mental cases, gun toting cops, born racist, school districts preaching hatred, angels with black wings holding automatic guns like Gatlin's, bodies blown to bits, bloody torsos that lack limbs. You beating me, that's like a Ku Klux Klan white supremacist trying to have a clan rally. Uptown Harlem on Lennox, ruining nations with bloody new Court practitioners, voodoo Haitians, colonizers, shooting, boozing, and raping. I'm bringing ruckus, they licking rubbers. Hip hop is starting to scare me. It's a circus of clowns like Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. I heard any pagan, a murder any Mason. I smack up any herb that's perpetrating. More disturbing than DW Griffith, birth of a nation. Media playing the race card, avoiding the rape charge. They robbing the graveyard. These devils, disgrace guard, ain't trying to create jobs. They leaving your bank robbed. They feminine hate hard. I'm leaving your face scarred. Come on. But it's the loneliest king. Uh, the loneliest king. Uh, the loneliest king. Check. Jules Droopy, the rocks ruby, from King Uchi to King Tut, the ropes dookie, bow graceful and face death, erase you the hateful, barbarians overthrowing your stable, comedic wisdom they can't shatter the sphinx, move spirits through the infinite planes where we exist, slang ancient, into the triple stage of darkness, spoils of war, carve your sword to be the sharpest, shank shit, protecting the think tank, sank ships, no papyrus, I'm writing this on a blank disc, the nautica god, pirate of society, Address my empire as the do-rag dynasty.